0: Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. Aaron Jonas and his family are serving the U people of Central Asia. Due to the sensitive nature of this mission project, missionaries and the people group are assigned pen names. Basically, the area in which they work is unfriendly toward evangelism. The You People, as we call them, are a Muslim minority group that numbers about 8 million. The U People are generally proud, happy, and independent, despite the political, ethnic, and religious conflicts that they have experienced, some of which are ongoing even today. This ethnic group is under government pressure to change their traditional beliefs and way of life. The Muslim faith is frowned upon and schools teach atheism to their children. Christians in this area are also persecuted. As missionaries work with the U people, very few converts are realized and there is no native Adventist church. Today, we are going to hear two stories from Aaron Jonas. The first deals with insights into the U culture and the second describes a visit to a lonely Christian living deep in the mountains. Our first story is called Stepping Into Their Fake Nikes.
1: Hello, I would like you to do a little experiment with me today. Let's forget for once that the gospel stories have been written about people who lived 2000 years ago. Let's imagine for a few moments that they are about you. Yes you. I will now read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 10, verses 17 to 22, and as I read, please do your best and try to imagine that you are the man who approached Jesus on that day. As Jesus started on his way, a man ran up to him and fell on his knees before him. Good teacher, he asked. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. You shall not defraud. Honor your father and mother. Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thank you, luck, he said. Go, sell everything you have, and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. And this, the man's face fell. He went away sad, because he had great wealth. Now, it's most likely that a lot of the things about the young man don't sound like you, but just imagine that you are meeting face to face with Jesus Christ. And as you pour your heart before him, you hear from his mouth this demand. Go, sell all that you have, and give it to the poor. If you honestly try to put yourself into that man's shoes, chances are that you will agree with me. It is one thing to believe in the Bible and say that all it teaches is true. Yet it is another thing to put your life in line with it. What was at stake for this man, or for that matter for you, since you have identified with him for now? Does it sound really hard what Jesus is asking of him? When you think about it, it was nothing more than earthly possessions. He wasn't asked to leave his father, mother, his wife or child, his health and life. None of those were in question. And most of all, to make it easier, he got a direct assurance by Jesus. You will have treasure in heaven. So was it easy or was it hard? Be honest. So if you have processed this in your head and made up your mind, you can now step out of this young man's comfortable leather shoes and put your feet instead into the fake Nike trainers of a you Muslim. That would be one of the people our family has been living among for some time. So try now to step into his fake Nikes, as I said, of a new Muslim who is asked to accept Jesus as the Son of God. Are you ready to do that? So I will take you through your story. When you were just one week old, your mother passed you to your father who in turn passed you to the hands of the local religious leader he whispered a prayer into your ear and facing mecca he said your name is now you can add your name maybe it would be aisha or abdullah your god is allah your religion is islam your book is the quran your prophet is muhammad peace be upon him Now, from that moment on, you have become a Muslim. And you have no longer any choice over your religion for the rest of your life. Further along the way, you have been taught to obey your seniors without complaining, when they are right and when they are wrong. But actually, who are you to say that they are wrong, so they are always right, right? You also know the price of disobedience. The shame which it brings not only to yourself, but to your whole family. Shame needs to be avoided at all costs. And if it can't be avoided, it has to be eradicated. So if you are now this you person who decides to call Jesus a savior, you can find yourself an outcast from your family and from your town, the subject of rumors which seem to travel at supersonic speed. Can you face the anger of your father, your mother and your siblings, the anger of your own people and that of total strangers? Can you? Well, if you do, that's the easy part. But by accepting Jesus as your savior, and as the son of God, you don't only have your father and mother and your tallest classmates to be afraid of. Because if you are a you Muslim and you accepted Jesus, you have God himself to answer to. And as you were taught and taught again since you were little, to say that God has a son is the worst possible blasphemy, the essence of paganism, the most direct way into eternity in hell. In fact, saying God has a son is the only sin in the whole world which we have been taught God cannot forgive. Do you still have the guts to believe and pursue your belief? Our family is here in Yulan seeking people who are willing to hear about Jesus and we are asking them to do just that which I have described. One of your brothers, here in Yuland has been hiding his bible before his own muslim wife and he had to answer when she found it being prepared to lose all that he has is only the beginning of the risks uh, our believers here have to take and those few you who believe in jesus believe me they are not characters from an ancient story they are ordinary people just like you and me with their strengths and with their weaknesses Will you please pray for them?"
0: May God grant all of us the courage to stand for Jesus in the face of adversity. Now let's visit a Uland believer whose isolation threatens to destroy his faith. This story is titled, Ordinary Christians. I've just
1: arrived home after five days away, traveling 1,500 kilometers by train, buses, hiking and hitchhiking. I did that because I wanted to visit our lonely brother, whom we will call Charles. On Friday, Charles and I made a plan to meet in a quiet spot by a river on Sabbath morning. Uh, In that place, no one would be listening to us. But Sabbath come, there was very heavy rain pouring. So instead of the river, the two of us met in my hotel room. We left our mobile phones behind closed doors, knowing that modern technologies are easily misused for eavesdropping, and we could only hope that there were no other listening devices hiding in the room. For most of you, spending the Sabbath in two would be a very lonely experience, but not so for Charles. For him. Uh, the usual Sabbath worship attendance has just doubled with my arrival. Since there is no Bible available in Charles's language, we spent the morning translating John 13 and Matthew 26 into either of the two languages Charles and I can both speak, at least to a certain degree. We washed each other's feet in the hotel bathroom and shared the unleavened bread and grape juice which I had brought with me. Knowing that Charles was going to visit his hometown, I was hoping to join him and meet for the first time his father, his brother, and visit his mother's grave. But he comes from a remote place in the mountains, and I learned that foreigners are prohibited from visiting that area. Charles came up with another plan for me instead. I have a friend, he said. His name is Thomas. He's a Christian and from the same ethnic group as me. I think he would like to meet you. Following day, I crossed high mountains, saw a lot of horses, sheep, goats and even camels on the way and some pretty high sand dunes. Finally I arrived to the faraway destination indicated to me by Charles. Soon we met with Thomas. Yes, he was a Christian as Charles said. What Charles didn't tell me and I am not sure why was that they got baptized together. Thomas, like Charles, is indeed a seven-day Adventist. What a surprise. I I never knew that there was more than one seven-day Adventist in their ethnic group. Thomas helped me find a cheap place that could register me with the police. There is no such thing as private stays here for foreigners. He hosted me a supper and then we went together on a long walk. We left our mobile phones behind for security. It was night time. We walked through the town, out of it and along a river for many miles. And as we walked, we talked. Thomas has indeed been baptized with Charles, but the two have not met for quite a while. It has been several years since Thomas last opened his Bible or prayed. But he was so happy to have somebody come to him and visit. We just kept walking and talking and neither of us wanted it to stop. Eventually, after a number of miles, we turned back and did an equally long walk in the opposite direction. Just before we returned to the town, I asked Thomas if he would like to pray with me. I haven't prayed for so long, he said. I don't even know how to do it anymore. You've done pretty well talking to me, I replied. And we haven't known each other before today at all. You have known God on the other hand for a long time, and he has known you from the very beginning. You know, Thomas, God has been waiting all those years to hear from me. Thomas agreed. And his prayer was one of the most beautiful ones I've ever heard. It was a slow one, but... There were no meaningless phrases, every word carried a weight, and the whole experience felt like Thomas and God gave each other a great hug. After the long walk that night, I found a blister on my heel, but you know what? I would happily do a walk like that every single night. Thank you that through your prayer and support, you cross the mountains and deserts with us to reach people like Thomas, and that you help us walk with them through the dark night. May the Lord bless you.
0: May we all walk with our fellow Christian brothers and sisters, lifting them up when they stumble. In turn, they will lift you up as well. Thank you for listening to Frontier Missions Journal. God bless.